Latina women on a mission to be your voice and make your voices be heard. I'm Melanie. I'm a single 30-something woman born and raised in Texas that is navigating life as a single gal and hopes to inspire and encourage women. I'm Liz, a mom and a wife with a lot of spunk. I speak the blunt, honest truth. Our lifestyle podcast touches on topics of love, friendship, marriage, motherhood, and so much more. And, and we, we are Modern, Modern Day Mujeres. Thank you for joining us. We're really excited to hear about what you do. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. It's, um, yeah, I've been like listening to your podcast for a while and it's like, oh my God, I think one of my favorite episodes is like where you're talking about like sex or like relationships. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I can't remember the guy's name, (laughs) but he's like talking about his like side band. He was like, oh yeah, apparently like I was only her Tuesday and I was just like cracking up. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander Chase out there. That's so funny. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, he's our, we like to call him our business partner at this point, because it seems like if we ask somebody who your favorite episodes are, he, he comes up on those tops. Oh, really? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's a good friend for, for a couple of, I've known him for, since high school, basically. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's out there. He's very. I'm super interested to hear about you and STEM and what it means to you. Um, especially now that all of this is going on, um, just because I know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, not that I know personally, but I do follow some people who are in STEM who do research in viruses and all that other stuff. And I think that's so cool because I had no idea that was part of STEM. Like, I didn't even know what STEM was. I just keep hearing it. So if you would, you know, elaborate or explain what exactly STEM is, that would be yeah, cool. So- I think like the terminology of like STEM right off the bat, it goes straight to like science, technology, engineering, and math, right? So those mm-hmm. are the four fields. And um, it was kind of this like idea of like bringing together these concepts because like when you're, you're going through like education, right? You're taught science and you're taught math in like separate classrooms, right? And so you never really focus on like the interdisciplinary aspects of them. So that's where engineering and technology come into it. So there's like this growing idea that we really need to focus on these like bridges between the two sciences because they were finding that a lot of people that were like studying these concepts like kind of lacked this ability to like bring them on and like display them and really just like put them into an application setting. Hence STEM was uh, created to, to bridge everything together. Um, there's actually a new concept out there. It's called STEAM, S-T-E-A-M-M. So science, technology, engineering, art, math, medicine. So bringing those concepts together and finding the bridges between all of them. Um, that way it's more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, wow, um, that's so cool. And for those, like, what are some of the careers that are associated with STEM? Yeah, so I think so I, I specifically fall under like science, right? Like the S in STEM. Um, there's kind of been this idea of like, you either go like academic route or you go industry route. So you go do research for the private sector um, or you go into academia where you're a professor or you're leading labs or you're kind of like educating the next generation of scientists. Um, but I think we live in like a great era 
of like how technology and like science oriented our society is that like a lot of people that pursue STEM can just like kind of branch out into their own like fields because like when you pursue STEM you kind of gain all these like very interesting traits whether it's like problem solving like critical analysis data analysis like these are all very transferable skills to other areas so like before i decided to pursue graduate school one of my biggest ideas is like i was going to finish undergrad with my chemistry degree and then i was going to pursue an mba because i wanted to go do like business admin at a big like biotech company so um at the time ucsd which is like where i'm from from san diego they were doing um a MBA program that was geared for scientists. So they knew that you were coming from a science background, but you needed to learn all the terminology to go into the business and admin route of it. So at this point, like there's so many fields like associated with it. It's not just like running experiments at the events. It's you could go on to be a science communicator. So really being that like um, bridging between what is going on in labs and communicating it to the public, which like I think in light of everything that has been going on with COVID, like that is very much needed because I think that you need someone that is trained in the sciences to really depict like reliable information and explain it to the general public in a way that they can understand it, but also trust it. Because mm -hmm. you need to like know how this information is generated. That way you can understand that it's reliable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So science communication is one of them. Um, I know like other friends that are thinking of going into like being uh, museum curators. So they're like looking for ways to like keep all of these like, I, I, when it comes to mind like it's fossils, like how can we keep them relevant without them like deteriorating? So yeah, I, I, I think there's the traditional routes of going like academia or industry, but there's also like all these new pathways that are being explored right now. That's so cool. That is so cool. So what is the area that you study in? Yeah, so um, currently I'm a third year PhD student at the University of Michigan within the Department of Chemistry, which is actually really cool because- uh, That is so awesome. I was like, that was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually really excited because like uh, today nature, or I don't think it was today, but recently they published like top 10 schools to pursue chemistry at and the University of Michigan was on there and I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, and so what I do is um, I develop microfluidic platforms for profiling epigenetic targets. So like, what is that? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so essentially microfluidics, like the technical definition is like, controlling very small scales of water uh, through the development of like microchips. And I'm talking like small scales on the like order of like the droplets that you kind of spit out, like that's small. Um, wow. And so I work at the very discovery level of it, like where we ask questions like, can we even like do this in an automated format? Um, but at the other end of that, right, you have like microfluidics that have really driven a lot of like commercial applications like the pregnancy test which is a lateral flow assay that was developed through microfluidic studies another like very popular uh commercial application out there is the inkjet printer right mm -hmm. like that is manipulating ink so fluid at a very precise and small scale to print something so i'm at the other end where it's like very discovery like is there even a way that we can like get this done um, wow. And so I specifically focus on like, can we develop all these like uh, 
bioassays into like an automated platform. Wow, that is so interesting. It's it's really crazy to hear it coming from someone. You speak it with such passion and I'm just like, wow, like I don't even I just want to hear you talk. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's so interesting to me. Now, what got you interested in that? Like, have you always been interested into chemistry? Like when you were a child, did you, was this something that you wanted to to pursue? Yeah. So I think like, I look back on it now and like, I do consider myself like first gen, first gen to like complete college to go to grad school. But like, I look back on it now and I'm like, wow, I was really into science from like the beginning. Like I remember being in like, what is it? Kindergarten. And my mom, like, uh, she was building her house uh, in Mexico. And I like said like, hey, can I get like a window on my roof? Cause I want to look at stars. And I was just like so fascinated on stars and like how they're made and how like they just exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like first I started with astronomy. Can, can I pursue astronomy? Which then in high school, like I started taking chemistry and it was just like a class that I liked going to. Like uh, as a English, like English was my second language. So like English was like kind of really hard for me, like writing, but I still pursued it to like the best of my abilities. But like chemistry was just like, it felt so good to just go there and like work through the problem sets, like learn. I don't know. I think it just like, it was something that like I liked doing. Um, And when I got into college and it came time to like pursue a major, I was just like, well, I really enjoy chemistry. Like I'm going to pursue that as my major. And at this point, I think like I've just put so much effort and like time into it that like I'm just so committed to like continuing it on but like as I look back on it I think back to my mom who like actually studied to be like a nurse in Mexico but they didn't have like the money to like buy the title because in Mexico you have to like pay for that um title and I think back like oh well that makes sense that's where I got like my sciencey like nerd side (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I kind of just like I know it's just been something that I've liked and I mean I feel like I went from like oh I really like it to now I'm like oh my god there are days where I'm I really want to continue this on but yeah and like in light of everything that's happening it's kind of just like been this idea of like watching science in real time like every day like what are we learning about COVID what is the new aspect out there um and I think right now I've just like kind of found myself this as this like bridge between like what is reliable information and like portraying it to my family so that they can be informed and they can like take care of themselves so it's like all these new motivations have just like spurred on to me because it's really like what is going on like um I think I saw like a meme recently of like three religious leaders sitting behind a scientist who's looking into a microscope and they're all just like waiting for answers and like I was raised Catholic, like, but it kind of seems just the instinct of like, oh my God, science is just so like prominent. Yeah, and it's but so your relevant. family's like super proud too to like now this is like your time, you know, like being in the science field and with all of this going on, they look to you to like this uh, reliable information. I mean, at least I would. I mean, it's this kind of like the same thing with us going to a doctor. Like we want a doctor's input you know, is the same mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's yeah, cool. for sure. For sure. Um, and, um, and- go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, I mean, it's, I guess like in the light of everything, 
with what's going on, like you said, it, it's so relevant with the time of what you're doing. You're seeing it really kind of unfold on what you've learned because it's, I'm sure like all the pieces come together and you're like, oh, I've heard, you know, about this once mm -hmm. or I've heard about this and how it's actually all coming together. But for you and, and what you've learned, like through being in STEM, what do you believe right now in like this time is like, what are some of the benefits of what you do have the knowledge of to kind of put it out there as such as like this information is valid, like as, as far as what you've had to portray in like your job or your career nowadays? Yeah, so I think one of the benefits is kind of just like knowing how to filter through all the information that's out there. Because I think there's been a good portion of like, medical professions or like people with PhDs that are like portraying knowledge, which I think is good. I think communicating the science is good, but you need to know who to go to first. So like the current word that's being thrown out there right now is listen to the epidemiologist and everyone's like, what is that? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think just knowing that epidemiologists, like they study like epidemics, pandemics, um, like that's just been so beneficial to me, like knowing all these people and like through the use of like social media, like being able to pinpoint like my point of communication. Uh, mm -hmm. Who do I listen to the most? And listening to them in a way that is communicated to the public so that then I can communicate it to my family. Because um, yeah. I think like people struggle with like, okay, you can tell them like go read from a reliable source, but it's like they don't necessarily know how to speak the science. Um, yeah. So I think one thing that's benefit benefited me a lot is like knowing who to go to so that then I can translate it onto people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have you seen a lot of um, like miscommunication going around with everything going on? Um, yeah, so I kind of try to like stay away from all the clickbait. <laughs> I think there, <laughs> there's a lot of like, let's blow it out of proportions. And yeah. like, there's a lot of like, let's drama, let's make it really dramatic. So people like, take it seriously, which I think people should take it seriously. There's a there's a gray area, right? Where we have yeah. to stand. Mm -hmm. um, and even sometimes when I talk to my mom, she's like, oh my God, I heard this. And I'm like, okay, let me go do some research into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have, I have seen my fair amount of like, mm -hmm. and the big yeah. one right now is like, is like, okay, so people have done a study on this. So like, there's a knowledge put out there and then they're like, oh, it's backed up by this study. But the idea is like, science is supposed to be re reproducible. So like, who else has done this? Like, where mm -hmm. else have we seen this data? Um, so that's like a big one because yeah <laughs> there's a lot of like oh no but it was like this experiment that proved it yeah <laughs> that's yeah. not necessarily reproducible yeah and I and I and I think like for for us or I don't know like me my mom she's always sending me news clips or she sends me something it doesn't generally have to be nowadays it's just like anything in science it like mm -hmm. I don't like my mom hearing the news gives me anxiety because then she starts reading like cell phones have been linked to cancer and cell phones and microwave especially when I was pregnant oh my god like I had to tell this lady like to get off of the news especially mm -hmm. then because I'm like stop sending me all of this that is going you know as, as far as like <laughs> medical fields or science or something's going on right and so it, it's crazy because in, in in the Latino community being um, educated in something, you also want to educate, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of your community or your family mm -hmm. or whoever you can to make sure that what is coming or being filtered through to them is actual 
proven facts, you know, because right. in science, that's really all it is. But nowadays, I don't know how it is, but what do you know as far as um, like Latinas in STEM? Like what are the statistics of that in, in STEM? Yeah, so let me paint the picture for you. So we know that STEM, for the most part, has been a cis, white, male dominated field because they're the ones that have had access to the knowledge. And I don't just mean like financially, like they were able to go to schools, but like network wise, because I mean, we've heard it all. Like it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Yeah. Um, so for the most part, it's been like a male dominant field. Nowadays, the statistic that's been thrown around is women in total, like all sorts of women are a fourth of that. So they're about 24% of the STEM workforce. When we break that down into women of color, so we're talking like Asian, uh, Black women, Native American, and Latinas, right? Mm -hmm. Asians, they're doing great. And I think it should continue. They're not underrepresented in the field. But when we look at Black women and like Latinas, Black women make up, uh, what is it, 3% of the STEM workforce and Latinas only make up 2% of it. So this is why I'm very big on like making myself visible through social media and as I like move towards finishing my PhD like I'm pursuing other fellowships as far as like being out there and outreach outreach is like very big to me like I internally feel a need to go to outreach events so that girls can see like oh she looks like me I can do this yeah and so I think that's that was a statistic that hit me really hard that only two percent of the STEM workforce um is latinas and then recently there was another uh statistics that i found through hold on one moment let me find the national center for women and information tech which stated that latinas make up one percent of computer workforce in 2017. so we're we really need to work to change the statistics for like yeah yeah i mean given already that women in general face a harder like a hardship in any workforce i believe you know Mm -hmm. it seems like obviously the male dominate careers or industries Mm -hmm. are a little bit more more difficult because i feel like not that we're set up to already fall behind but just in general we we kind of do fall behind right Mm -hmm. like in in that sense of sometimes our families come first, you know, we're taking Mm -hmm. care of other families, our Mm -hmm. own families, or, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we do set aside either, are we going to pursue our careers before we pursue family? And in the Latino community, it's such a stronghold on being so, such, such a, how do I put it? Like kind of like a wholesome kind of thing. Like you take care of your parents and your, you know, until, you know, they pass away or like you take care of your grandparents or whatever it may be. So I feel like that's also a little bit of that setback yeah. on there. But yeah, so that's already like a big challenge that I like to address a lot. Like this concept of familialism and like somos familia, um, mm-hmm. just like being there for your family. So when I chose to leave San Diego to go to Michigan, it was like a big thing for my family because at the same time, my brother was leaving for his career. And so it was just like, what do we do with our parents? And even like with everything going on, even now, I like, there is something in me that's like, I really hope they're okay. 
yeah. it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Cause like, I can't be there physically to like support them. Yeah. But, yeah. And how yeah. has that support been from your family um, to go off to Michigan and study um, mm -hmm. in your field? Yeah. So from a very young age, my mom has been like, you need to go to school, you need to study, you need to go to college. Um, and I think like to a certain degree, they were like, oh, she's going to go to college and she's going to graduate and she's going to be fine. I don't think they ever expected like a PhD program. I mean, like I didn't even expect it for myself. Like yeah. <laughs> I remember like finishing undergrad and being like, okay, I'm going to go work now. And then all of a sudden, like the opportunity for a PhD like arose and I was like, okay, I'm going to pursue this. And I think like as far as their expectations go, like I've gone like above what they've expected of me and they're just constantly like, you can do this. You can finish any milestone that you need to, like you have it in you. You've like, you grew up with so much resilience and like you've faced so much already as like a Latina, like you, anything that comes in front of you, you will find a way to get through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I feel that in you when you speak, you know, about yourself. <laughs> like you can, it just radiates out of you I told yeah. you that it really does um what are some challenges that you have faced in the industry so I think like the biggest one that like I can pinpoint was in California um while I am a minority it didn't feel like it there was a lot more Latinas that were majoring in chemistry biochemistry physics all of the fields that surround STEM but when I came out to Michigan for the first time ever, I saw it and I felt it. I knew what it was like to be a minority. And it was just like, how do I overcome this? Luckily, I was able to find a very good community through social media um, where I can see a lot of other Latinas that are working towards their careers. And that's just been like so helpful to rely on them um, and just ask them like, how do you face this? Like, how do I push through this? Um, and I think something else is just like finding like other types of Latinas. So like I'm Mexican. So I, I really resonate with other Mexican Americans, but I've just experienced like meeting like Puerto Ricans and like people from Central America and like uh, South America and like learning to resonate with them just on the being like first generation experience. That's like really helped so much. Um, I think another challenge is like just being exposed for the first time to a lot of things because like so I knew a PhD program was like you're going to get a PhD right you have to discover something you have to add knowledge to the world but it's like wait so how do I write a publication what's the outline for it it's yeah. like learning to really seek out the resources and ask the questions so that you figure out what you don't know that's mm -hmm. been another challenge um I mean, I think everyone to a certain degree like experiences imposter syndrome. Um, mine comes in a way of like, I'll be ordering material for a new project that we're starting and I get nervous to push the submit button. Luckily I have like mentors to like lean on and they're like, this is imposter syndrome. Just push the button. You're going to be fine. You're going to run the experiments and it's going to be good. Don't think that you're wasting money. <laughs> so you do have mentors that yes. mentor you and help you out that's great and how do you do you find them within um within the school or the university or how do you how do you find mentors or you just meet them by networking yeah so when you pursue a phd you're given you have to join a lab right and the pi so principal investigator 
is your advisor. He kind of guides you through how you're going to achieve this PhD. Gotcha. When you enter into a PhD program, there's a lot of emphasis on like, pick a kind PhD advisor, pick an advisor that's going to fight for you. Because there can be some that aren't that great. But um, the two mentors that I have that I like love so much, I've coined them my science parents. Um, <laughs> because, so one of them is the man that I did research for in my undergrad. His name is uh, Dr. Ive, Dr. Robert Ive, and he's at Cal State San Marcos. Um, I did research for him in my senior year. Um, and he's, he's just great. Like I, the phrase that I used to describe him is that he believed in me so much that I started to believe in myself. Oh. Um, yeah. That's what matters. It like, it just helps so much. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, like I, there were so many opportunities and like, I would see people go through like speech competitions or like present their research and I would just like think like, oh, that could never be me. But like he did, he mentored me in a way that like I felt comfortable enough to like share my research and to go talk about it and to just continue forward with it. Um, and then after that, he had a connection at a company called Dynamo Research in Irvine, California, which is how I got my foot in the door into biotech. Um, and I started working for Dr. Aline Beckett, who is now a professor at Cal State. So she made the switch from industry to academia. Wow. Um, and she too, like being a woman in STEM, she was very much like, you really should consider pursuing higher education. Um, and I remember I was like in a meeting with like the CEO of the company and she was there. Um, and the way she just like held herself and like talked to him about like the projects, it was like a moment of like, wow, I want to be like her. Mm -hmm. um, and she was always like, you know, if you ever have like something that you need to talk about, like open door policy, you can come and talk to me about it. Um, and they've just been like two forces that have really like pushed me in the direction of like lean into it, lean into the science, you're going to do great. Um, and so I actually like ended up applying for like graduate programs when I got into a preview program here at Michigan. Um, and so preview pro programs, like a bunch of universities have them. And I think they're such a treasure that underrepresented communities need to embrace more because it's like a mini grad school application. If you get in, the university flies you out to the department to meet the faculty, talk with the students. Um, and in my case, they also flew out both of my mentors. So they were like, they were like helping me pick graduate schools. Um, and it was just like such a good resource to me because like my parents were like, yeah, go do it. But at the same time, they were the ones that were like, this looks like a good program. They had been through the like institutional program and like through it all. So they were like able to tell me like, this is a good program that you should look into. Mm -hmm. um, so they've just been like a good force. And every time that I go home, like I make sure to like stay connected with them to like visit them and just like keep continue nourishing those, um, uh, those ties. Yeah, that's awesome. Would that be something you'd be interested in doing whenever like have you being a mentor to some other, you maybe young woman like yourself? Yeah, I've definitely considered it. Um, through my like social media where I genuinely try to like showcase like this is a Latina graduate student pursuing in the Midwest. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions and I think through that I've been learning how to be a mentor. Um, yeah. So I've considered it, I've considered going into academia and like the more I go through like science communication and the more I 
do outreach the more I'm like maybe I should go into academia it's a good way to showcase like and to like train the next generation yeah mm-hmm. I think that's great yeah I, I think I think it's really important to not only like use the social media platform to to showcase but what you're doing in the sense of um highlighting that there is minorities and there is latina women in this industry that you know we talked about it being you know male dominated and what are some of the the motivators behind you continuing to make this into now going into your doctorate like how is how is that like so what are the motivators like yeah mm-hmm. yeah into what you're doing and continuing like to for a higher education mostly yeah, I think, like I said, one of the biggest things was just, like, seeing the underrepresentation. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, universities that, like, generate the most, like, Hispanic or Latino um, STEM degrees, they're mostly, like, California going through, like, Arizona, New Mexico into Texas, right? Um, and I think, like, once you kind of leave that region of the country, you start to really see it. And you start realizing, like, oh, I need to do this. Like, I... I need to continue forward for it so people can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been like a big motivator. And why I also like advocate for like, grow your network outside of like your region, like to have more of a like national like network because mm-hmm. you become very valuable to the sciences when you can connect people. Yeah, that's really cool. Awesome. <laughs> I kind of feel like, I kind of feel that what you said about like, being in a certain region and then you're out of it that you feel like you have this I guess duty to like represent who you are and that's how I feel being um being a Hispanic woman in a mostly white (laughs) neighborhood grown up and I lived in San Antonio and that's where I'm from but I lived in San Antonio for a couple of years where it's mostly lots of Mexican people and I felt like I was at home when I was there because I mean, living with my parents and being Hispanic and like, I, I felt it at home, but when I was in school, I never felt that. So when I moved to San Antonio and I moved back, that's what was like one of the driving forces of starting Modern Day Mujeres is like Mm -hmm. having this network of Latina women, because, you know, I had that in San Antonio and I've never had that here at home. And so that was my drive to create this whole network and starting this podcast of bringing Latina women together from mm-hmm. all parts of walks of life and like me being proud of it. Like I never felt proud to be Latina, you know, growing up here. Um, but now coming from that, like I just, it's like more of a motivator for me to like be proud in who I am. But, yeah. No, I completely agree. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes if, if you don't, if you don't feel like you fit somewhere, it's easier to make something fit it. You know what I mean? Like if you can't find, if you can't find something or a community or a group that is kind of like the core of what you want, that's what I always said, like build something in your own community, build a group on your own. And from there, like you'll slowly start to see the growth in it because people will be pulled to, Hey, they represent, you know, Latina women, but they represent the modern day the what today women are all about and that's really you know what this all felt together for but the representation for younger women to know that your voice matters like what you do as a as a as a woman matters and even more as a minority like 
mm-hmm. speak it. And, and I say that because I want my daughter to look back and see that being a Latina woman, being Mexican American, being, you know, like she would be first gen because I was mm-hmm. born in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so I want her to see that there's pride in where you come from and who you are and to make sure that you stay true to that, you know, and not being afraid that someone's going to have something to say about who you, what you say, how you sound, how you look, or, mm-hmm. you know, those exactly. microaggressions, which, you know, are, are, are out there, even though, you know, you really don't want to put a, a highlight onto them. But I guess for us now, it's like we, we break cycles, right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. what we're here to do. And you talking about STEM really, I don't know, like it, it really makes me want to shine a light to my daughter to know that you don't just have to be something in an industry that's too quote unquote girly. You know what I mean? Like I want her to not think that mm-hmm. these industries or these careers are just meant for you because you're a girl. Or because mm-hmm. as a as a woman, you're meant to nurture. And I do this in air quotes mm-hmm. because I feel like it's not so much as like who we are as women, but it's what we should be as human beings. Right. Like it, it shouldn't just all be on a platform on, well, you're a woman, all you ca- can be is a teacher or a nurse or a whatever, you know, like I want her to know that there, it might be harder, but like it's, there's no stopping you at this point mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she will have, so much like res- she would have so many more resources now based on technology based on you know everything science that's going on and I want her to know that that's not a bad thing you know because nowadays like my mom sees her on the iPad or my mom sees her on her phone and you know she's like no hombre esos niños like they don't stay <laughs> off like you know computers and I'm like this is what this is their world now you know this yeah. is what- what they're being raised on. And, and I can't be like, no, I can't let you on technology kind of situation because it, it is what it is. But, you know, it's just like making sure that what we're doing as far as for our kids is like still being pushed through um, whether it's because it's different from ours. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great point that you make Liz, this idea of like, you want younger girls to like be able to envision themselves as anything that they want to be like they don't have to fit into these stereotypical pockets that society kind of tells us to be Mm -hmm. and with that I want to chime in with this great platform called every point one matters and they're working to change the stats of women in stem women of color in stem so that And their like slogan is actually like, we envision a world where every girl can be whatever they want to be and that they can change the world with STEM. So it's just like a great point that you touch on. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It makes me want to go back to school and like study something. (laughs) It really does. You know, um, I've always been interested. I love reading. I love researching. That's just something that I've always loved to do. Um, but I never felt like I could do it, you know, I never felt like, um, like I was smart enough, you know? And so I know I could, if I ever, if I put the effort into it, I just never did. And I never felt like it was, it would matter anyway, but like you speaking so like, so proud of it. It just, it's just really nice to hear somebody that, that loves what they do. Oh, thank you so much. I, Yeah. yeah, it's, I think it's gone. It's like, it's been a process. Like, don't think that like from the beginning I've been like, oh yeah, like 
It's definitely been a process. And I think with every application that I put together, because like with a lot of applications, you have to put a personal statement or like what they now have is like a diversity statement, right? Mm -hmm. With every one of those, like I reflect on it and like why I do what I do, why I deserve whatever it is that I'm pursuing. Um, So it's definitely been the journey that's gotten me to this point where it's like, no, I'm proud to be like a Latina in STEM. And I think like moving out to Michigan more than anything, it's made me like aware of like my Latina roots and like being proud to it. Like I will wear my hoop earrings and you will not tell me to stop. <laughs> I will wear my red lipstick and it's fine. Like Yeah, and you should. So I want to ask you a question. And I know you talked about the challenges, but what has been like maybe the hardest moment for you? Um, being in STEM or maybe studying or anything that you've been through within within this journey? Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the first hard moments was like in high school, I had a substitute teacher um, and he was like substituting for the beginning of the semester because um, my teacher was going on maternity leave. Right. Um, and I take, I previously like taken like a smaller course on chemistry and knew I really liked it. Um, but I was kind of struggling with this class, like all the material that he was giving us and I mean, at this point, like now I know it's because like his learning style was not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like a point where I was like trying to ask him questions about it. And he, he looked at me and he was like, are you sure you should be in this honors class? And I was like, there are some days where I look back and I'm just like, I wish I could tell him now. I am a chemistry <laughs> PhD. <laughs> um, so that was definitely one hard moment because like I like begged like the admin staff to like change me to a different like chemistry class because I did not like him. But she was like, no, you need to stay in it. And I'm, thank God I like pursued, like persevered through it. Yeah, girl. I mean, I, I remember taking, I, I had kind of the similar situation and um, my, fr- I took chemistry twice because the first year my teacher was pregnant as well mm-hmm. and had a substitute teacher and a substitute teacher was not, I was, I felt like I wasn't learning anything. And so they ended up failing my class. And my mom was so mad because I had never failed a class ever. And my mom's like, how did you fail chemistry? And I'm like, it was hard. And I kept going back to the, to the counselor and everybody. I'm like, she's not, this teacher's not giving me what I need. Like she's not even teaching us correctly, but she's mm-hmm. giving us all this work. So I had to take it again the next year and the, and the teacher was great. She was awesome. And mom's like, how did you not pass it the previous year? And I'm like, because she wasn't doing anything, (laughs) but yeah, I thought it was hard. I thought it was hard, but it was because the teacher made it hard for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that hard. It was fun, but it just wasn't as hard as it should have been. Right. And I think like a big thing that like now going through like education, something that people need to be more aware of is like their own personal learning styles because like it could easily like you just learn differently like mm-hmm. and people need to like kind of reflect more on it especially like at a younger age um I was doing like a panel for like uh my friends like high school chemistry class and they were like what do we do like no one is passing in here and I was trying to avoid the question but at the end of the day I was like listen guys like you guys need to understand that like this is this isn't new in college you're gonna have a bunch of professors that like are just going to teach it differently and you need to know what your learning style is and how to like overcome that mm-hmm. um but yeah there's like a lot of teachers that like they have their way of teaching and that's not universal to every student yeah like, <laughs> I'm more hands-on I'm like I need to be hands-on and then I'll learn that way because if I'm just reading out of a textbook it just doesn't make sense to me like I have to actually do something with 
like actually experiment in something. So I actually learn. Mm-hmm. I feel you 100%. I mm-hmm. like, so there's a lot of lit reading in, in like pursuing a PhD. And my thing is like, I have to read the paragraph and then I have to do like a little diagram. So I'm like, okay, this works this way. And then this works this way. Okay. So it's not just like a paragraph that I'm reading. Cause like, I can't visualize it completely <laughs> in my head. Like I actually have yeah. to draw it out on a piece of paper. Yeah. That's so crazy. And for you, for you, I think maybe we'll catch up with you and then now we'll call you Dr. Gloria Diaz, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm halfway through. So that's like in two and a half years. Right. (laughs) So how many years are you into your PhD? Yeah. So like, I think a PhD, depending on your discipline, like it varies between like five to like, I'm going to say seven, but it's, it's also very much dependent on discipline, like who you work for, like funding. Um, so like Michigan Chem is really good about getting their students out in like five and a half years. Wow. Um, yeah. So my ideal goal is to be done. What would that be? 2022. Yeah. Okay. So I have two and a half years to go. Um, I'm actually kind of nervous because of what's going on because lab is like shut down. Yeah. Um, they've shut down like all non-essential research. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there have been like labs recruited from U of M to do like research on COVID, but my lab was not one of them. So I can't actually like go in and run experiments. So I'm a little like stressed out as to like how this is going to like push me back in my data generation. Yeah. Um, I ho- hopefully it won't be too bad, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it doesn't push you back. I know. I know. It's, it's so hard to determine what's going to happen after all this. And, and, you know, it's just, especially students, like you don't know what's going to happen after this. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel for all the like undergrads that just kind of were like, okay, so we're, we're our classes tell online what, and I really feel for like online because like I know myself and like I had to take driver's ed online. And I barely passed that. <laughs> like, I could not. I could not take college level classes online. Like I'm just like, oh my god, for yeah. undergrads. Yeah, homeschooling has has not been the best. Uh, I'll put that out there. Um, I admire every single teacher <laughs> I've ever encountered myself and for my kids. Like it's another level. Like I've had to go back and almost teach myself remedial math because oh my God, like the way kids are taught now is the way that I was not taught. And (laughs) it's just, it's insane. Like, I feel like at this point, my fourth grader knows algebra and she doesn't even know that it's algebra. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, yeah, it's too pre-algebra. Like what, how the way they're being taught that way it's easier. And I'm just like, wow. Like I just, yeah, I'm just like incomplete. Like all that I have to go and google real quick like factors and <laughs> i'm just like oh my gosh i used to love i used to love all of this but now as a mom i i can't teach that's why i'm a mom <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a really good resource khan academy really they have really good videos okay i'll look into that for sure because i mean i can do every i, I love english i've always liked science Social studies, it eh, depends what this to- topic is, but math, man, not, not my forte, but I guess for you now that you're talking about like 
coming into your doctorate and you know you're in your PhD program, what do you wish to accomplish in the next 10, let's do five to 10 years? Yeah, so I, I, I'm very much like a five years is my max because like I did the like pre-planning all throughout undergrad and every year it changed. So I'm yeah. like, you know what, we're gonna set like very generalized goals with a lot of flexibility. Yeah, because <laughs> like every time like my plan would go like a total different direction I'd be like man I spent so much time planning this out yeah <laughs> um but like so as far as like finishing grad school um I'm kind of both ways like when I first started I was like I'm gonna go into industry I want to go into the private sector I want to do research I already done a year at Zymo so I was very I was like familiar with the biotech world but again, like as I go through science communication and like I, I had to teach for one semester, like I, my like perspective on teaching in academia is very much opening up. So recently I applied for a fellowship to uh, possibly teach at one of the Cal States um, in California. And there's like 23 of them. So like that's 23 opportunities that I could possibly have to be like a faculty there. So I'm waiting to hear back from it. So right now I'm like kind of 50-50 on like, well, we'll see what pans out. But um, I know very much like I want to be a scientist. I want to like pursue like experiment design, research, and like pretty much a lot of what I'm doing, I want to pursue it like for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, but whether that's in like an industry format or like an academic format, we'll see. Um, I still, I do want to mentor. I do want to pursue that. Um, again, what format? We'll see. <laughs> uh, but I, I like the research that I'm doing. I think it's very applicable to a lot of like the biotech companies in California. Cause my, I think my ultimate goal is to go back to the coast in California, but I'm also, I also have this mentality of I'll go anywhere that I get a good offer. Mm -hmm. um, because now that I've left San Diego, I'm not like a hundred percent sure. Like I want to go back. Um, even though there is like a good amount of biotech there. Um, but I, I would want to be in California for like my family. Um, just easier to travel. Yeah. That's good. And just speaking on that, like you said, um, just right now that you would go back if it was a good offer. Now, speaking as a Latina, are, have you like researched what would be a good offer for some, for, a, for anybody in the field and not just a woman, just because you're a woman, you'd get something offered kind of lowballed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that'd be something I'd be scared of or like, don't lowball me because I'm a woman. Yeah. So when I was like uh, working on getting hired at Zymo, like there was a lot of research going into that, like making sure that I could, you know, get a good salary and yeah. So like you always pitch higher so that when they're like, well, we can only offer you this. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm right at like what everyone is getting. Um, and so I think like the biggest things that I've looked at is like, so your, your actual salary amount, I'm not going to throw a number out there because mm -hmm. that actually very much depends on like size of the company region. Like, where are you in the U.S.? Right. Um, you know, what position you're doing. Um, it all just very much differs. And I think like, as my path kind of like starts to like open up more and I start paving it, like I'll get more of a like, idea of what I need to ask for but like I think one of my biggest things is always like benefits like what are mm -hmm. my benefits yeah. is healthcare included like is there like 
some sort of like retirement like opportunity that you have um like flexibility because I haven't even decided if I want to like have a family so but I want to make sure that like if I do if I do go that route like my company it's an is, option like, okay. right yeah yeah and something else that I've looked at is like uh with my health care can I have a child like having mm -hmm. a child is expensive mm -hmm. and so I want to make sure that wherever I work they will pay for it like yeah Yep. Yeah. Important things to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you you yourself, you have to start paving the way for the what ifs too. Mm -hmm. And in certain companies and in certain industries too, you're already setting up kind of your plan in your head of of what you want to ask for and if, is this gonna align with what I want in my life and is it going to be a lot easier is there going to be more stressful like those are a lot of things that mm -hmm. I think um, us as women do have to think about and that's what I'm saying in in certain industries it's a little bit tougher like is it okay to do that but then you as your self-worth and what you know your worth you'll be like I'm not afraid to ask because I know that I come with you know right all of this and you know so much more so yeah like a lot of research I'm pretty sure goes into anything that you get offered or you look into I'm pretty sure you have to go in with like almost I, I feel like you almost have to go in with stats like no I have researched and I know yeah. And, yeah yeah no so I read this book when I was like an undergrad um called rich b-i-t-c-h I don't know if I can say that so I'm oh, yeah, going to say that <laughs> um, it's by Nicole Lappin, um, and she's very much like, let's talk money. Um, and she like addresses like, you know, having a budget, a spending plan, like retirement, like how to negotiate. She has uh, like additional books, um, one called Boss B-I-T-C-H, and the most recent one is Becoming Superwoman. And she just like, I think reading that kind of just made me feel like empowered to like, oh no, like we need to talk about money. Like, don't be afraid to say your salary. Like, don't be afraid to negotiate. So like mm -hmm. that, that book really just like motivated me to like, I need to take control of like all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's important but, as women to start talking, not talk, like not talking about it or like what we make, but like speaking on finances, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, that is also like a male dominated thing. Like men are the ones that make the money and it's like, that's not the world anymore. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm all about like having the house in. Yes. <laughs> Same. Same. I know my husband's the one that like if your podcast takes off and I gotta be a stay at home dad, like I will do it with pride. Like you <laughs> go good. to that's you. Good. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever heard the husband word. That's so husband. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that now on my day. Right? files looking for a husband <laughs> yes <laughs> hey more because really like I when i was that. an undergrad my friends would be like hey gloria so are you are you gonna be making the big bank and i'd be like yeah i'm taking applications for my husband <laughs> <Yeah. grab> <laughs> too funny i love that but i guess all in all it's it's really intriguing to hear you speak with so much passion in what you're doing in STEM, but even more, there's like a sense of like, girl, you're doing it for every other Latina minority woman out there that yeah. is like, I want to pursue something like that or that has even had a, 
a minute idea like how would women do in a male dominated like you are already paving that so even more doing it in a sense that use your social media as a platform to kind of put it out there that there are you know women in these industries will be amazing like i would love to tell my daughter being like there is a latina women in stem and i know her <laughs> you know i like she loves science like she already like when it comes to science like that's the that is always the very first subject that she comes home to tell me about like she'll you know she'll tell me you know the the water cycles and she'll tell me about like all of these different, you know, elements that she knows. And do you know there's all these elements? You know, that's, I, I hear so much passion behind when she comes home because every single time she comes home, science is the very first thing that she brings up. If she, like right now with her kind of like her class, it's a little bit different, but you know, there's uh, work that she does and she's like, you know, a lot of this has to do with science, you know, like with, you know, with COVID, like she's talking about, like, you know, there's scientists that mm. are studying viruses and there's, you know, scientists that talk about creating like, like a cure. And I'm like, really? And she's, I can tell she's really passionate about it. So I don't ever want her passion to die in that. And yeah, like if I can continue setting that little fire underneath her and being like, there's women that do this, like, you can do it too. Like, just know you'll be the one that I'll be telling my daughter about. <laughs> yeah, That's seriously. Sweet. That's so yeah. sweet. And I think like, that's key. Like at that young age, like I think Latino parents, like we just like, we as an I am one, I'm not, I'm not, I, do, <laughs> I have kids. Um, but like, I, I feel like there's a gap in like, how do you like push your child to pursue this? Because mm -hmm. like, I mean, thank God I, I was able to like, you know, just be like, oh, I want to be a, chem a chemistry major. But like from early on, like there are so many programs that like kids can participate in. And I think like the accessibility for these resources for parents to have like needs to get better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I would really recommend like looking into like uh, all of these like middle school or like elementary school programs like I know for my undergrad we had like super stem Saturday where kids would come on and like they would do experiments here at Michigan we have fems um so it's like kind of just googling and seeing like what do the local universities have for us yeah and that's so cool I that never thought so about cool. that yeah yeah, yeah. There, so I really definitely you, you will find so many yeah I'm sure I'm sure I could like I know we've looked into getting her like a membership to the Perot or getting her like, cause the Perot is like uh, here in Dallas, there's, it's like a museum, but it has interactive, like different, like, um, they have programs in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that. So I'll definitely have to look more into that. Cause I can mm -hmm. see science right now is kind of one of her favorites and so is math, but I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm struggling here. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she's teaching you. <laughs> yeah, she's teaching me. Sometimes I'm just like, whoa. No, but yeah, it, it's really cool. One of my favorite actual women chemists is like in Texas. Her name oh, is Kate the Chemist. She's like a professor at one of the universities in Texas. And like she has a whole set of like do at home experiments with like stuff oh, that you can awesome. buy at a grocery store. So mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah, you'll definitely have to send me those so I can look into them. 
I know I've been like every since all of this COVID-19 is going on I've been looking on Instagram people's stories and like the moms will be like we're doing science today and they're making like a cake you know <laughs> like, this is science and I'm like that's so funny <laughs> I mean it kind of is right <laughs> yeah <laughs> baking 100% chemical reaction right yeah no, for sure. But anything else you would like to add, you know, about yourself or, you know, kind of what, you know, what you're, what you're doing right now, as far as, you know, with your program and stuff like that, you kind of let our listeners know, cause I'm really intrigued and I hope we had like two, three hours to talk about all of this, but <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of just want to touch on like, lastly, like there are so many resources out there and I'm just going to name like a couple, um, that people can really like look to and like whether it's on social media or like through like websites but like SOCNAS which stands for um, Society for Advancement of Chicanos slash Hispanics and Native Americans in Science. Wow. SHIP um, which stands for Society of Hispanic Professionals in Engineering but they're actually pivoting towards like STEM just all of STEM. Um, there's also like on social media there's every point one matters um, that's ran by my friend, uh, Lorena. She's amazing. She's doing a great job with it. It's still in its early stages, but it's, it's great. Um, Latinas in STEM, Latina geeks, they're focused on like tech, Latinas in tech. Um, great podcasts are like her STEM story. The host Prasha, like she features like women in STEM and their journeys through it. Um, what else? Uh, Latina makers club, uh the people engineer she also has the podcast and there's so many resources out there that i i really just want to make sure that people like are aware of them yeah like all levels like elementary school middle school high school college and into grad school they're all out there it's just a matter of like going and googling something Mm -hmm. and i also just want to put out there like if anyone's like concern or like has questions about anything they can always like feel free to like dm me on my social media and i'm glad to like look into it i've like yeah. i've spent a fair amount of my time in stem that i'm i feel like i could maneuver like a good <laughs> amount of questions yeah let them I'm know sure. where you're at on your social media yeah so on instagram i'm at chic chemistry and on twitter i'm at chic chem um, awesome yeah and we'll tag you on the show notes too Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm so I'm, I'm excited for the mothers that follow us to follow you, you know, yeah. own kids um, to say like, hey, this is like something you could you could pursue, you know, and having all those resources and networks that you just mentioned to look into those to be of resources for their kids like that's awesome. I'll be one of those moms. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I think it's important because I don't think a lot of parents even know about those types of those types of networks or resources so that's great I had no idea but that's really that's really awesome yeah no like I said like I think that there's like this gap in like how can like parents support their kids who are interested in STEM Mm -hmm. so that like Latino and Latina kids can just like continue going through it and they feel supported through it Yeah, there's like a good amount of stuff out there. I could even put together a resource page and send it to you. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, send it to awesome. us. I mean, we'll yeah. we'll go ahead and post it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because we could also post it on our Facebook group. We can mm-hmm. post it on through our link tree, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really important not not just for for us as women to kind of use 
our voice to let us let other people know like hey we've done this but to let other women know down the line like I hope that this is found somewhere and never even looking for something like this and find it and find some sense of like motivation or I've heard someone else wanting to get into this but don't know how to start or support their kid in how to start in something like this mm-hmm. so this this is why we do what we do in the sense of like highlighting um certain women and in, in certain you know male dominated industries to be able to be like you're not alone if you ever have felt that there will be difficulties or you're not alone in the sense that you know you do feel like like, do I even want to step a foot in this and start with challenges? You know, I, I think already in that as, as just women in general is hard, but even more as a minority is even harder. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing and in the way that you're doing it, like, just know you're doing amazing things for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I, I honestly <laughs> live for like the DMs that I get that I'm like, thank you so much. And I'm right. Like, the ugly cry. No, and your and your Instagram is really like chic chemistry. Like yeah. I love it. I really love it. <laughs> I do too. It's so cute. The idea yeah. was like showcasing you can be feminine and a scientist. Yes. yes. I love seeing like your cute outfits and then she's got her like lab suit on and I'm like Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. For sure. Yeah. I try. I try hard. Yeah. <laughs> but you're doing good. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, this was a really great opportunity to talk to you. And hopefully we get to catch up soon and then see where you're at. And girl, we can have you as our first doctor on here. That would be like amazing and humbling that, you know, we get to catch up with you and here you are, you know, we are reading for you 100%. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining our Zoom meeting. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Just give me, give me two and a half years. Like, girl, I, I'll you, you got it, girl. You got, got it. This. On this far, you just, the last bit of, bit of it, you're, you've got to go. The last hurdle. I'm, I'm working <laughs> on it. My goal, like, to walk across that stage and those red soles with that, like, Okay. Yay. Chemistry. <laughs> Love it. Yes. But thank you once again so much. And we'll make sure to tag you on the show notes to see where they can reach you at. And, you know, if they have any questions and all that, we can, you know, definitely work on something and have something as far as resources for people who are looking to either get into it or find support for someone else or, you know, just continue to spread that word in in women in STEM. So thank you once again. Of course. Are your listeners like centered in Texas? Because I can make my list very much tailored to that. Yeah, mostly wits in Texas. And I think like right now we're like at 4% in California, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. That's yeah. Great. Okay. So like what areas are you guys in again? In um, Dallas. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Yeah. I can definitely look into that. And like the girl that I had mentioned, the people engineer, she's actually from Texas. Um, oh, oh, okay. Yay. Yeah. So there's a lot of good like resources out there. Sweet. Yeah, that I makes know it a lot have, easier too. I know we have the University of Texas, uh, Southwestern, right? Okay. That's what it is. You the Southwestern? Southwestern. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. We have that here in Dallas. And I know that's a big that's a big one um that a lot of people do their PhD at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think no, so. Texas has like some phenomenal universities like uh yeah there's 
I just like listen to a podcast from like um this podcast will kill you so they focus on like infectious diseases and they just did like a six-part series on covid one of them is um vaccines right and so Mm -hmm. there's a lab at I think it's Texas A&M like they're they're like working on that vaccine and I'm just like wow this is crazy oh my god that's crazy I had no idea yeah that's awesome I can't say go Aggies because we're a UT family over here so (laughs) but that's still pretty cool (laughs) wait so are are you the hook'em horns yeah, my, yeah, my sister-in-law. Yeah, okay. so all of our family is is very Longhorns over here. So, no, but that's really cool that we have that in Texas. I had no idea. Yeah, there's some pretty like amazing schools down there that I'm just like, wow. I had to go to San Antonio for the Sockness Conference two years ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. I just love the Riverwalk. It's really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> I've been there once and and I was always wanting to go back. Honestly, like like I was saying, it's just being being able to connect with other women and what they do, like as far as like for just anything in general. I mean, we've really opened up the doors for not just Latina women. I mean, any type of women, minorities and different colors. I think we've really opened up the doors mm-hmm. for there to be talks of all kinds of, you know, all walks of life and what you do because ultimately like as women, we may not be the like the same type of person, but we're all going through almost the same journey as women and we may face different things, but it still brings us together being women. I think that that's, that's really where this has really taken off. And it's kind of crazy. The fact that we have been booked all the way till like May, which is Mm -hmm. like super crazy because being not even a full year like we didn't think it was gonna take off the way it has yeah so you guys are about to be one year old like your podcast mm-hmm. at the okay. end of may mm-hmm. yeah okay so at this rate we can only hope that we can make it to our one year and be able to at least do something <laughs> if not we're just gonna have a party something. with all your hopes yeah Right, exactly. That would be so awesome to have everyone that was on the podcast. No, but for sure. However, we can help you uh, once your episode goes live as far as anything that we can do as far as sharing what you do and all that stuff. Like, just let us know if you have anything that you want us to kind of um, kind of push through our platform. We're more than happy to. Any kind of resources that you may come across that you think anybody would be interested in let us know and you know we can we can highlight those we do really try to to not just support small and local business but also you know other women in business whether you know what you're you're trying to aim for if you want to get in touch with other women who are in stem and you know stuff like that and continue doing a group however we can help you just let us know we're here to support you thank you so much and same like if you guys need me for anything like i like i know you have your friend that like does research but like if you need anything like if you have questions on like corona or like even just like resources like where would be the easiest to like find this like yeah for sure oh yeah for sure I would want our people to reach out to you I mean she reached out to me because I was literally terrified of this whole thing and I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen like is this real and she was like it is real this is what you need to know and I was like okay I get it now I, I she calmed me down a little bit but she made me understand it, but I would love for our, our listeners to go to you and ask questions if they, you know, if they want to learn more. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's definitely like a time where like the concept of like we fight fear with facts. So it's definitely like facts help us feel like, okay, well, I know this and this is how I can take control Mm -hmm. and how I can stay safe. So that's really good that you have that. Yeah, Yeah, because I I have really allowed myself like maybe max 30 minutes of any type of news coming through. And that's like me watching or reading. Like it's not as much as like trying to go find it through social media because it's terrible, first of all, to try to get any kind of information through any social media because a lot of it really has been clickbait. And I'm like, you know what? I will look up Google News or, you know, whatever come like Yahoo News seems to be like the one that seems to always pull up first. Um, or I'll just watch the news like a normal purpose person should um, because it, it also like a lot of it doesn't get filtered and you're just like reading a bunch of crap and then fear ignites. And I'm the type of person like I feel like I can't control anything. So then my anxiety is like through the roof of mm-hmm. of it. So like you said, fighting, fighting fear with facts like is really important. And I think that with any of this, it's like being aware of what's truthful and not just trying to like get all these people worked up and crazy because mm-hmm. you wrote you read a clickbait and it was like a two-week post and yeah you and you know people are reposting like really old stuff and I'm like it's not that's not how this works if the scientists are telling you that <laughs> yeah right listen to them you know and especially if they're the ones the scientists themselves are not being able to go to their own labs like that tells you how serious this kind of is. Yeah, and I, I think, like, what's gotten to me recently is just, like, all the people that are, like, it's a hoax. It's a hoax. It's not real. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, research and, like, medical professionals and, like, just trying to get us under martial law. I'm, like, whoa, people know this is, this is like, real. Like, you need to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, martial law is, like, the last thing that the government wants to go into. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, like, one last thing, like, uh, Sheik in Academia, she's an actual epidemiologist based out of the University of Alabama, one of, one of the universities of Alabama, and, like, she's been my go-to source for, like, all of this. She's also generated a lot of stuff in Spanish, so if you guys have, like, family uh, elsewhere that, like, can only speak Spanish, like, that's Mm -hmm. what I forward my family. Wow. Awesome. I'm gonna look her up right now yeah I think it's that- a chic and then underscore in underscore academia okay that's really cool oh here she is that's so cool Berta Hidalgo is that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. awesome look at all these Latinas I love it there's right? so much there's so there's like so much uh empowerment that it feels like and I think I've said it before I was like when when one one when one woman can make it like other women can too mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So, oh that's awesome yeah I follow I'm following her that way I can go back and look at her look at her page and the stuff she posts that's so cool awesome hey, more time away from joining your- us no you're good <laughs> yes thank you and we will keep you updated when this goes live yeah mm-hmm. good. probably the week of but thank you so much for doing this with us yes. thank you for having me on yes we enjoyed it we'll talk to you soon you too bye Bye-bye. bye Help us get more exposure. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast and click on the fifth star. And subscribe to get notifications on all our newest episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Day Mujeres and now on Twitter at Modern Day Mujer. The link is in our bio. Check it out.